0: I just realized for anyone listening to this now, this will be the second episode where they have a snazzy intro.
1: Oh, so, I mean, that I means last episode has it too. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I added it's not it up in yet, as a recording.
0: Not up yet, oh, but it will be up today. But I added it in and this one's going to have the snazzy opening too. I forgot damn, how it sounds like, let's to be go.
1: Oh, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, I don't in actually, because I've, I've already heard the, t- the the track but anyways i'm excited yeah. to hear Hello, it
0: in the context of our episode like leading up like slow fade and then oh, yeah. we start talking yeah. you no know?
1: yeah the listeners have no idea what we're talking about so uh, let's move on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> full Fine. credits to Simon Sorry. by the
0: way you discovered
1: oh thank you yeah i did discover it i uh put in work no, i didn't put in work i just spent like 10 minutes maybe looking <laughs> still though still though that's <laughs> okay yeah um Hi everyone, how are you? Um, a lot's happened recently.
0: <laughs> and, yes. Yeah. But firings. I I think it's it's more important for me to say this thing first.
1: Ben Simmons was. Yeah, traded. <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> just gonna say that.
0: <laughs> Were you actually? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's funny. Okay.
1: All right. Respect. Respect.
0: Yo, Ben Simmons traded for James Harden. That's big, biggest blockbuster in sports. At least. Well, sorry, James Harden for
1: Ben Simmons plus. Six years got fucking fleeced. Oh my god!
0: To be honest, I don't. I haven't paid attention to what uh, Ben Simmons has done over the last few months. I just know that he was acting up and he wasn't going to.
1: He's been out. He's been. He hasn't played a game this season. Mm. So basically, okay, anyway, so get a little Ben Simmons recap. So last year, he um, and then towards the end of the playoffs, uh, he wasn't. Doc Rivers basically sat him in the fourth quarter because he wasn't taking shots. Um, whenever he touched the ball towards the end of the game, they would just foul him making free oh, yeah. throw line. And then they basically embarrassed him. Um, the Hawks did, and the Sixers kinda did. So he was like, I um, I don't want to play here anymore. Um, yada yada yada, even though it's partially his fault, but Um, and then he basically coming into camp, he said, I'm not gonna play for the Sixers, he need to trade me. He, said, he hasn't he hasn't played a game. And then James retired and said, I don't want to play in Brooklyn because Kyrie is only playing fifty percent of the games. Uh, anyways. So Oh wow. Um,
0: so okay, yeah. I, I remember the the Ben Simmons thing. And apologies mm-hmm. anyone here listening thinking we're gonna talk about hockey. We will talk about it in just a sec. But yeah. uh James Harden, I didn't know that he was getting frustrated at Brooklyn. Yeah. Really? Wow. So I guess Brooklyn. That, that, just... that,
1: that's my comment. Look, I came out I think a week and a half ago, or maybe maybe a little bit longer than that. Um oh, wow. Uh apparently he claimed it like living in Brooklyn, he didn't like the way the team was operating. Um that's if I'm me. being honest, and again, this is just purely speculation on my part, but I think if Kyrie Irving's playing 100 percent of the games, James Harden's probably still a Brooklyn net. Um, mm-hmm. But I think with, I think the fact the fact that Kyrie's only playing half the games because of a like because of a personal choice, um, as well as KD being hurt, and now KD being hurt, obviously, I don't think I don't, I don't think I play as much as a factor considering there's literally nothing KD could have done. Um, I Think Kyrie is probably the biggest factor in why James Harden left, or or he didn't ask to leave. Apparently, he really wanted to go to Philly to be with Darryl Morey. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I think mean, what it's a great trade for both sides.
0: But. What a gain for Philly fans, right? Trust the process. Yes. Here's
1: the thing Here, here's the thing, um, people are really excited, and so people in Philly are really excited, they go like, oh, bring on the championship and everything. I'm relatively concerned about James Harden. And the reason I say that is, I think he's like 33 or something like that, um, and he he's relatively old. Um, and now he's have he has a hamstring injury again. He doesn't take care of his body. Um, he's someone who's constantly injured. He's been prone to some bad playoff appearances. So I'm a little skeptical to kind of see. A lot of Philly fans kind of jumping to say, "Oh, we're gonna to go to the championship." Because I do, I think Brooklyn, if they can get Ben Simmons in the lineup, is gonna be. I think that's a really nice fit. They need a they need a center or a big guy. Ben Simmons can be that guy. They don't need him to be the primary ball handler or someone who's to be, going to be taking a lot of jump shots. Mm-hmm. And they got two. And Brooklyn got two first round picks out of it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, it's a trade. Obviously, there's multiple pieces and multiple pros and cons. But um, I yeah, like it's. It's it's a it's a, ma- it's a blockbuster. Putting it lightly, it is a it's a earth shatter earth shattering trade. Is that is that the ground shattering? I don't I don't know what the term is. Earth shattering, um, I think. Yeah, earth shattering. Okay. Anyways, it doesn't really matter. It's just a fucking. It's a, it's, a, it's a word, but um, yeah.
0: I don't know. I mean, big news. Uh, when you compare it to the the rest of the sports world, I think this is the biggest thing that yeah. happened today because it was the NBA trade deadline, right?
1: Hmm. Uh, NBA NHL... trade deadline. Like, yeah. Go ahead
0: yeah that one's today the NHL trade deadline if I'm mis- if I'm not mistaken is I forgot it's like March, March 12th March 12th right? I don't know I'm
1: I'm guessing I'm guessing I have no idea okay let me search it up right now then Adam filler um yeah so like one thing was that I was talking about or not I was really talking about so there I was on a Twitter discussion today and like it's kind of interesting to know how much more interesting the the NBA trade deadline is than the NHL trade deadline. Yeah. Now there's you can obviously there's obviously a lot more um there, there's there's more to it than just um, the NHL GMs are kind of boring and everything because I think that's part of it. But like mm-hmm. the fact that the NHL is really I think they're really the only pro sport left with like an actual salary cap outside of maybe football. I, but even then, like I'm not I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure how how the football salaries work and if it's a salary cap or it's like. Um, I don't think like so. I'm not sure. I don't know. But um like you have a lot of teams right now who are only sitting in like like around a million dollars in cap space. Um so like I I I just think it's very difficult to expect a lot of GMs to go out and make these massive moves and move these massive contracts considering how little cap space they have. Like the like the one I rent the one I mentioned on Twitter was like Jack Eichel, for example, with the Knights. That's probably the biggest trade we've seen since yeah like in a very long time and I, yeah and i don't think we
0: will see any trade like that again anytime soon to be honest with you
1: i mean i think i think that's a good i think it's a valid assessment unless someone like I, I don't know who an example would be like maybe again this is a very extreme example but given everything is happening with their team and maybe this is a good segue maybe is um Connor mcdavid um if everything's happened at edmonton who knows? But at the same time, like, he's making $12.5 million. And, like, it's very difficult for teams to make $12.5 million in cap space just to get just to acquire one player. So, Do you want a
0: fun fact? Yes. So, 21-22, the NHL <clears throat> season, the one that we're currently in. Five on five. How many points does Connor McDavid have?
1: Like, 10. 12, 26. Something like that.
0: 26. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, twelve is pretty ridiculous considering he has Which like is,
0: 70. which is, the exact same number of points that Michael Bunting has five on five. Case closed.
2: Uh,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Look, I'm not saying uh, Michael Bunting is the best player in the NHL.
1: <laughs> it has to be asked. I'm not saying that. The question like... has to be asked.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right
1: <laughs> Michael Bunting better than Leon Dreisaitl
0: I think so I mean, I mean, uh, no. look look yeah, the no. numbers don't lie okay
1: yeah exactly like, yeah Conor McDavid washed my article
0: Michael <laughs> Conor <Yeah>. McDavid washed <laughs> yeah so I mean there's no, no, nothing to look at me like, to be honest who cares but yeah. like it's, it's cool <laughs> I think it's more uh, it speaks more volumes mm-hmm. about Michael Bunting than it does about Conor McDavid because uh, he also Doesn't did it in 130 plus less minutes of ice time than Connor mcdavid so that's cool good job michael it is
1: cool but like i would i would i would question does it say more about michael bunting than Connor mcdavid like i like i'm genuinely asking because like i because i think so i know i, I know also, i know i know like that can be deemed as like a very like eh, who cares stat but like that basically means that the, sorry doesn't mean anything. It's just like the stats are stats. It's just it's it's supposed to give you a bit better yeah. a bit better of an idea of how these players generate offense. But the fact that Connor McDavid only has twenty six points on five on five. Mm-hmm. If I was an Oilers fan, I'd be concerned. Now don't get me wrong, Connor McDavid's the best player on the planet. His talent is through the roof. He's probably he's one of the he's probably the most skilled player I've ever seen. I've been watching the league for like 12 years, 15 years, which I know wasn't that long, but anyways, I digress. But like, like and he's, and he's playing with the undre- anyways, this Anyways, I'm not going to turn this into another Oilers <laughs> suck rant or anything, but like. Yeah, we've been um, too hard on
0: the Oilers recently.
1: Because, no, because like, my main thing, like, I, you, you go back and you watch previous years of Karnam McDavid and how he would just dominate the ice whenever he was on the ice. And for whatever reason, just doesn't feel like he's really doing that anymore.
0: Wait, he, no, he, I mean he is. No, dumb. no, no,
1: like, I, I know at times like there, like, like there, there was a goal he scored this year against the against the New York Rangers. We're one on five. Sick goal. Probably one of the nicest goals I've ever seen. It was ridiculous. Like it was absolutely disgusting. But does I guess what I'm saying is, does it not feel like this year specifically? there are a lot less highlights of Conor McDavid doing ridiculous things. I guess previous so. years.
0: You know who I'm seeing more highlights of the really young players in the NHL, now, Trevor Zegers.
1: Yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all, but like this is we're we're talking like Like one or two years removed from when we would have Connor McDavid highlights on repeat of different games of different yeah. plays. And it feels like now for whatever reason, again, and maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm completely off base here. I could be completely wrong. And if I am, like, I think you are. I'm like I like like I can like 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 I'll accept it. Like,
0: I, I just, don't know, man. I just think his his either it's a combination of two things. His game is toned down a little bit. He's decided to be less flashy, but also teams have figured out how to how to defend him better. I think like teams. Yeah, and I think, teams learn. Yeah, and this is yeah, his and I, seventh I, year, right? I think. So.
1: I think that's probably both. And I think it's probably teams have learned a bit more. Cause again, we're talking, if you go back to the Winnipeg series, it got swept and, yeah. and economic David and Leon Dressel didn't do much at all. And the Leafs did a lot. And not to make it about the Leafs, but the Leafs shut them down, uh, shut them out like two out of three games. And they almost shut for the third time. <laughs> so like, I guess so, I, again, like, like it's just questions like that where it's like, anyways, I'm not gonna, anyway, uh,
0: but, like,
1: <laughs> My Connor McDavid is not a good player anymore. Take probably will not <laughs> age well. So no, I'm saying, I don't think he's a bad player. I'm just saying, like it just seems like he's not. Like anyways, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm just taking myself to a deeper hole. Yeah, you know, you know, now. it's okay.
0: It's okay. You're wrong. Um, Yeah, uh, okay. Michael Monte. I, I, I have to love minutes. you though, Connor. Uh, Connor McDavid currently has 61 points. So if he had 26 and even strength, that leaves you with do the math. Uh, Thirty. 26, Twenty six. That's the 25. Yeah, 35. 35 yeah. Uh, and then Michael Bunting. Okay.
1: See, when you put it like that, that's actually not that bad. 26-35, that's only nine points more on the power play than, he's, than he has an even strength. That's not ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, I take that back. I take it back. Never mind. I, I take it, I take back that take.
0: Backtrack, take back. backtrack, backtrack, backtrack. backtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Connor McDavid's is... bad? What? <laughs> yeah. Where is Michael Bunting? Bunting, Bunting, Where are you? How many points does... Is... Holy shit. Does has... 38, I'm guessing. No, he actually has 29, meaning he only has three points in the power play all season. That's crazy.
1: I mean, it makes sense. He's playing with Marner and Matthews. He's not gonna get like I would I could like put up a good amount of points with Matthews' hand all the
0: time. I'm like, okay, here, here Matty, you take it. Go ahead. Um, we'll score the Yeah. And just for anyone who, who wants an additional fun fact before we actually get into what we're supposed to talk about this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about uh, a sidetrack, yeah. Uh, Johnny Goudreau is actually leading the league in even strength points at 45 in 45 games for played.
1: Man, good for him. Good for Johnny. He's having a
0: really good bounce back season.
1: Yeah, man. The Flames and, oh, God, and the Leafs are playing them tonight. He's definitely going to light up leaves tonight. Uh, um, hope, yeah. Hope all, the, all, all, all the Flames have, like, Goudreau's playing really well. Markstrom. Uh, Kachuk's playing really... Kachuk had a between-the-goals like last, like between-the-leg goal last night. It mm-hmm. was ridiculous. He's such a good player. Like that, that man, Daryl Sutter, man. I you take back. Going.
0: I take back everything about uh about what I said about um Daryl Sutter being a dinosaur coach and him not lasting with the Flames. I I'm gonna eat my words. I remember when we had a prediction episode at the beginning of the season. We predicted mm. three coaches or however many coaches we thought would be fired. Oh, I said, it, yeah. I said uh, Daryl Sutter was one of them. Wrong. Mm. I'll eat my words. I don't care. However, and here's where I'm going to make the sideway. I also said Dom Duchamp was going to be far, uh, fired. And I also said Paul Maurice <laughs> at the time. I didn't know Paul Maurice would fire the way wow. he did, but at I, I said
1: that as well. Three for three. No, sorry, two for three. There's no oh. way Daryl gets fired. Yeah, true. I'll, yeah. I'll look
0: back. I, I actually, I made some good predictions back then. The only one I didn't make a good prediction for was the Riley one because I was like, oh, they got to trade Riley <laughs>
2: <laughs> one I week
0: later that. 8 times I 8 I nailed it.
1: <laughs> I nailed it. I that's probably one of my proudest moments on the pod but anyways, yeah. yes. Um so yeah, um that's a good segue Dom DuSharma is fired.
0: Um do we do we want to do Dom DuSharma first or Dave Tippett?
1: Let's do Dave Tippett first actually because okay. Dave Tippett is going to be pretty quick. Uh Dave Tippett was fired. Um like yeah. I said he was going to like like 2 weeks ago. Um the Edmonton Oilers are currently in 44 games played. They're 23 and 18. Sorry, 44 games played 20, 23 and 18 with three overtime losses. They have 49 points and they are five points back of the Calgary flames mm-hmm. um, for the fourth spot in the Pacific. Um, I don't I, think, Go ahead. Sorry, so they lost last night to the Blackhawks four to one. Um, they went to, they went down to nothing within the first couple minutes of the game, which is significant considering it's the Blackhawks. Um, yeah, like I don't think there's much to add. much to add here. Um the Oilers have been underperforming for a very for a majority of the season. Um I think they've they've they there's there's some crazy stat in terms of like they've allowed the first goal of the hockey game and like I think in like over 50% of the games they've played this year oh, or something no. ridiculous like that. Um they have a negative 3 goal differential. Um at, they have a 12 and 10 home record, 11 8 and 3 away record. And they're five, four, and one in the last ten, oh, which wow. isn't horrible. They so are basically five hundred. They're basically five hundred in the last ten games. Um, however, however, are, I
0: want to add something there. They they went 5 0 one after acquiring uh, Evander Kane. I was going to say Patrick Kane, Evander Kane. Yeah, but then they lost two straight games after the All Star break, in which they were scored eight to one. Um, they lost against Vegas and then the Chicago Blackhawks.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. uh, Again, this is something that we again. If you want to hear our thoughts on the Oilers and how they were playing, just go back to the previous episodes because we had like two or three episodes where we just unloaded the Oilers. Uh Um, sorry, Oilers fans. Um, genuinely, genuinely apologize. Um, but yeah, like they've been, they've been bad. Um, there's not really any other way around it. Um, yeah, like that's really it. Uh. They're, they have an interim coach. I'm not sure who it is at the top of my head. Jay Woodcroft. Um, Woodcroft. Jay. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Um. And yeah. Uh. Ken Holland addressed the media today. I'm not really sure exactly what he said. I assume it was basically running around the course and everything. But um, mm-hmm. this team's in a very tough spot. Um. But I think they're better off without Dave Tippett than they are with him.
0: I think so too. Um, Ken Holland. He said, did he make a statement on the Tippet firing yet or no?
1: Who Dave? Who uh, Ken Holland? Yeah, I think so. He spoke to the media today.
0: Could you could you pull up like one of the quotes that that he might have said? I want to directly sure. compare it to something else that he mentioned. And he mentioned okay, this. Give me
1: one second. No worries. Uh,
0: he mentioned Dude. on January 11th, Ken Holland. I don't believe it. I guess in regards to the uh, possibly the good luck charm of firing a coach in the middle of an NHL season, he said, I don't believe in it, I guess. Uh, but I also understand there are times when possibly it possibly needs to be done or it should be done. We're going to start to win. I believe in the coach. I believe in the team. I believe in the leadership of the team. I believe in the, their determination. And almost exactly one month later, he does not believe in the team. He does not believe in the coach. He does not believe in the determination. Yeah. Dave Tippett is gone.
1: Yeah, so here's a quote. Um, With 38 games remaining, I just felt that I needed to make a move because we still control our own fate, but we've got to get cracking. So, okay. He, I mean, also, he had some very intre- He had some very interesting quotes. Um, he said, "You can't win five to four, which is literally, which is literally not true. Sounds um,
0: like what <laughs> were facing you
1: can- a few seasons ago. You can win five to four. Yeah. Um, he called the season up and down like a toilet seat. That was kind of an interesting, an interesting quote. But like, I think, like I guess, in terms of the quotes that are actually like significant, I look at the first one I read in terms of like hit like uh, with 38 games remaining, I just felt that we need to make a move because we still control our own fate, but we got to get cracking. That to me screams he just didn't like. You're right in this term, in terms of the thing that he said early in the season. Like, oh, I don't, be- I don't necessarily always believe in making a move during the season. But this, to me, again, like the Evander Kane move, screams desperation. Mm-hmm. Sorry, desperation in the sense that he's he's basically doing exactly what he said he was not going to do, like, two weeks ago or however long ago it was. And he got Evander Kane. So this, to me, screams that Ken Holland knows that um, he might be next. And uh, this is basically his last, kind of, last-ditch effort to try to do something to, like, to try to change something up and get, get a spark going. Cause again, like the Oilers, man, they were going to, they weren't doing very well with Dave Tippett, but I think it's probably, uh, it's probably for the best that they moved on just so they can get a new face, get some new life into that locker room. Hopefully.
0: I'm going to stand by what I said uh, a few weeks ago, when we talked about the Edmonton Oilers, mm-hmm. I, my question is: I don't know if you can pull this up while I'm going to talk about this. How many games have, of professional hockey? Uh, I'm not including NHL or sorry AHL. I'm including NHL only. Has Evander mm-hmm. Kane played over the last two seasons? Let me see. I want to say the numbers like maybe. What? Well, he didn't play at all this season. Last season, I know. Did he was, you want? NH- did you
1: just want NHL stats?
0: Just NHL. How many games has he played over the last two seasons combined?
1: He played fifty-six last year and he played he's played five, so sixty-one Fine. in the last two seasons. Last but, year, I believe, sorry, I think last year's a fifty-eight game season. So he's basically played almost all of the seed games last year.
0: But how long has he been on break four? Because he joined in mm-hmm. January of this year, late January of twenty twenty two. Yeah. The last time he played an NHL game was what? March?
1: <laughs> Probably, yeah.
0: Right? Yes, that's a long time. And I don't know why no one was, was, was talking about this enough, but he's, you can't expect someone like that who's been off of hockey for such a long period of time to just come in yeah. and play well and be a spark plug for your team. No, I could be wrong. Maybe he did play in October. I don't, I don't quite remember off the top of my head.
1: He um, did not.
0: Okay, well, that's even worse then. Like, how can you expect Evander Kane to come in? Some guy who hasn't touched, who hasn't touched uh, an official NHL game for like literally almost a year yeah and what what what's the purpose of him to provide more scoring okay sure yeah. maybe when he, when he finds his legs and he's able to catch up with the rest of the league sure he might be able to provide extra scoring but the real edmonton Oilers problem is not scoring it's getting scored yeah. on defense oh, yeah. and goaltending especially goaltending oh my god goaltending yeah so i said oh, they're yeah. not going to make the playoffs I said this last time we talked about the Oilers and I'm standing by it. They're not going to make the playoffs. I don't think so. Like they would have to leapfrog two really good teams ahead of them. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the standings right now. I don't see any of the teams that they would leapfrog, wildcard or Pacific Division. Yep, I agree with them. Like who? Dallas, Calgary, St. Louis? Yeah. No, I don't think so.
1: Maybe St. Louis, but like still, like I'm not like... St. Louis is a damn good team. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. Jordan Bennington just had could. me a little worried, but like you're right, because like they're they're in the Pacific, so like they're not leap. Like the Vegas is ten points ahead of them. Like, uh, yeah. LA is six points ahead of them, which isn't. that's not significant. Um, six points is very doable. Anaheim is six points, and then Calgary is five points ahead of Edmonton. And they would basically have to jump over Dallas, Calgary, St. Louis, Anaheim, L.A., Vegas, or any of the central teams that might fall out like Colorado, Nashville, and Minnesota.
0: At least two of them. They have to jump over two of them. Yeah,
1: Yeah. exactly. And they, like out of those nine teams, the only one I can maybe see them jumping over is Dallas and maybe St. Louis. But even St. Louis is a stretch because St. Louis is a damn good team.
0: I don't know. I I think they dug themselves too big of a hole over their le- uh, recent losing slumps. Oh, for sure. Last I, I, I agree with
1: that. But um, again, um, just give me one second, because there was something that came out today. Um, Again, this isn't really good news for the Oilers, because again, um, you know, everyone sees someone get hurt. But I do believe Zach Cassian is going on long term injured reserve because I think he fractured. He fractured his face or something or fractured something in his face or something like that. Mm-hmm. So again, L T I R that's gonna be like three three point two million dollars in cap space. And then Duncan Keith was okay. put into concussion protocol. So who knows how long he's gonna be out. That could also be potential L T I R, depending gun. again. Again, mm-hmm. concussions are a very serious thing. Um I think Duncan Keith does have a history of concussions, so again, I don't know how long he's gonna be out, but um there's space there to maybe go get a goalie that has like five million dollars in cap space, but like man, like why? Yeah. Like like who like who are you realistically gonna go get? Like one the one the one actual name I could actually like I would think they might be in play for if something were to happen would be Marc-Andre Fleury. But like he has one year left on his contract, he's probably not coming back after this season. He I don't I don't think he'd come back to Edmonton. So why would you spend assets to go get Marc-Andre Fleury? If he's not gonna come back. Like, do you like is Marc Andre Fleury your one piece to making you Stanley Cup contenders? I don't think so. Cause that defense core is still pretty questionable with like CC Barry. We we talked about this. Yeah. So, anyways, I think it was the right move to get rid of again, like I said before, and like I think it's the third time saying it I think it's a good I think I think it's a good thing to get rid of Tippett. But I'd be I'm gonna be really curious to see what they do with the trade deadline. Because I do think there are some pieces they could probably send off and get some assets for to try to kind of shape them up better in the offseason and going forward. Because if they kind of stand pat and they, or they try to add to this roster or the trade deadline and try to make the playoffs, while I understand that as long as as long as you have Connor McDavid on your team, it is like you have a responsibility to try to make sure you're putting your you're like you're basically in win now mode. Anytime you have Connor McDavid on your roster. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they can sit there and say that they this is a team that's going to make the playoffs or make a legitimate run because like I just his roster sucks. Yeah. Like in like it like yeah. it's not a playoff it's not
0: a playoff team. And the reason for firing the coach means that Ken Holm wants them to be a playoff team. So this also makes Connor McDavid look bad cuz on February 4th he said uh, during the All-Star press conference he said um I just feel like everyone uh, has their confidence back regarding the Oilers? Everyone got their mojo back. It's a good feeling in the room right now. Five days later, the head coach was fired. <laughs> so yeah. I guess McDavid, you might have your confidence back, but Ken Holland didn't. Ken Holland is pissing his pants right now. Um, got oh, I got like, maybe mm-hmm. works out, maybe doesn't. Uh, fire Tippett. Let's see what's next. Yeah,
1: I just think I think he should fire himself. Edmonton. The state of Edmonton not sorry, like the not not sorry, not like Edmonton the city or anything but like the Edmonton Oilers I think are a very are in a very delicate spot right now just because again I think we talked about this when we were talking about the Oilers before one of our many episodes we're talking about the Oilers but like they've had such a large window where they were not very good and they accumulated so many first first overall picks and they had all these great prospects and they've done almost nothing with them. And again like and if it's a situation where again I'm not saying I have any knowledge or I don't like I have no reason to believe that Connor McDavid would want out of Edmonton even though if things keep going the way they're going I can't sit here and say he would want to stay but like man I just don't know what they do that's kind of yeah and this is kind of where I've been at with the Oilers cuz again unless they offload some salary unless they go uh remove some players from their current roster I just don't know how they can significantly improve their roster come next season or in the next couple of years because they have so much salary tied tied up in players who I don't think are worth the money. So,
0: Uh, Jay Woodcroft coming in was coach for the Edmonton AHL affiliate, the Bakersfield Mm -hmm. Condors, I think.
1: Yeah, Bakersfield Condors too.
0: Um, He was previously an assistant coach for the Oilers between 2015 and 2018. He was even an assistant on San Jose for some time he was on the coaching staff for the red wings as well and even won the stanley cup in 08 so he's got some pedigree um let's see what happens uh the one last thing i want to talk about was edmonton associate coach jim playfair was also fired i guess it was because he wasn't playing fair
1: oh my god womp womp, womp. yeah anyways um so that's probably enough about the Oilers again. Yeah. Oilers fans are sorry. Like, I genuinely feel sorry. Like, at this point, I genuinely see feel sorry for Oilers fans because, like, it sucks. <laughs> but at the same time, kind of not. Anyways, this, I feel like I said that a million times. And to go on to my, like, second least favorite uh NHL fan base, the Montreal Canadiens have hired Dom Ducharme and replaced him with Martin St. Louis. Can I meet the interim head
0: can I quickly say one thing before we talk yes, about the abs? Of
1: course. Of course you can.
0: Um, there have, so I, I, listen to other NHL podcasts too. And I, and I read a lot of articles and stuff from the league. Um, Elliot Friedman talked about this on his own podcast. I think on his own blog too. The Steve Dangle mm-hmm. podcast talked about this as well, <laughs> but the haves have been like the city of Montreal has been just experiencing so much shit over this season. Like, they are on, just, I'm talking about the team alone, first of all. The team is on pace to have one of the worst seasons in NHL history. Just from a points perspective. Like, they're on pace for, if I'm not mistaken, I'll have to search this up, so give me some time here. I'll, I'll probably search it up when you start talking. But Colorado Avalanche, I believe they had 45 points just a few seasons ago. And that itself was one of the worst seasons in NHL history. And the Montreal Canadiens, I know, are on pace for less than that. So, first of all, I never want to see a team doing that bad, doing that poorly. Um, the Montreal Canadiens, I, I honestly, I hate them, but I don't hate them as much as the Boston Bruins, as a Leafs yeah, fan. Fair. Got the Leafs Sam blue mm-hmm. on my head right now. Mm-hmm. Whatever. That, that's just my rivalry. Yeah. Like.
1: Not fair. Fair. Fair, they, fair. The
0: team has been absolutely gutted. Of their of their Stanley Cup pedigree, their roster over the last yeah. six months, like they have no one remaining from that yeah. Stanley Cup final run, and maybe yeah, it was just a purely magical thing that they went on, and no one expected it to. But the team looks, it's like nothing, like what it was yeah. six months ago.
1: Did you want to Did you want to guess how many points the Montreal Canadians would be would have if they if they if they oh, maintain their current pace?
0: God uh right now they have 23 points they have 23
1: points in 45 games yep
0: what are they on pace for like 41 points
1: 42 yeah
0: holy shit
1: yeah That's That's, that's, that's 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 just my math like i could be wrong but like it's about 42 points um they are
0: far and away the worst team in the nhl right now like far and away yeah and and to make it worse gary Bettman basically shat on them during the press conference his press conference a week ago
1: he was like oh no, did he, what, what did he
0: say? Uh, remember when uh we were talking about like oh whether or not we should keep the draft in canada oh yeah and about COVID and whatever that, yeah. and then um because the draft's going to be held in montreal this year so and montreal is a big hockey market and mm-hmm. montreal might have the first overall pick there's a good chance they will so like Obviously, yeah. keep it there. And in Canada, COVID restrictions are actually easing up now over the next over the last few weeks, and they will be probably going into the summer.
2: Yeah, Quebec's
1: really starting to like just let ramp it up. Yeah,
0: open things up, right? Which is great. Yeah. But Batman on the press conference, he was like, "You know what? Maybe we won't hold it in Montreal this year because I don't like Canada. I don't like the way Canada <laughs> handles COVID."
1: Yeah, fair. That and Montreal is. was
0: just like, "What the fuck." Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why would but, you yeah. take the one thing that they have this season away from them? <laughs> so sad. I
1: like, yeah, like, here's the thing, right? Like, I look at the roster. Um, Not 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 a horrible roster. Not great. Don't get me wrong. But, like, Brandon Gallagher's not a bad player. I like Brendan Gallagher. Josh Anderson is overpaid as hell. And he's paid until the sun explodes in 2026, 20, until 2026, 2027. That's a horrible contract. Um, Mike Hoffman, three years at four and a half. That's not looking good. And for context, Mike Hoffman this year has fourteen points in thirty games. That's half a point a game. Um, Tyler Toffoli is actually having a pretty good season. Not great, but like again, the bar for the Canadians is so low. He has two more years after at this year four point two five. And he has twenty-five points in thirty-four games. That's not awful. That's a pretty, pretty, pretty solid, pretty solid point out. But considering how few points that the Canadians seem like they're putting up, um, and other than that, Paul Byron's a nice depth piece. a not bad. Paquette's not bad. Cole Caulfield, man. Oh my goodness! It's been a real rough season for Cole. And eight. He has eight points in thirty games. Just send him down to Laval. I don't know what they're doing at this point. Um, yeah. Nick Suzuki. Um, again, I assume he's having a pretty good season considering he was an all-star, right? Wrong. <laughs> he has 27 points in 45 games.
0: It's not that bad for Montreal. It's not
1: that bad. That's basically... Yeah, but, like, dude, come on.
0: Yeah, I know. Not all-star, um, but, like, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. we, we talked about that. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. And, like... They have, like, a million guys on LTIR, so on injured reserve. Jonathan Drouin, Christian Dvorak, David Savard, Joel Edmondson, Jake Allen, Matthew Perreault, Matt, Matt, Michael McNiven. But, like, even if you have all those guys back, which they have had at some point in the season, they're not they're not great. And, again, um, in terms of the rock, roster construction, they got rid of the architect, which I think was probably the best thing for the team. Mark Bergman yes. is gone. Yes. Um, so, again, I'm confident. Like, Montreal... I think it's still a very it's a very attractive place to play. Um people talk about how it's an in intense media market, which is very true. But um can you hear that? You can't hear that. I'm gonna turn on my gain a little bit. Um no, you're good. You're good. Yeah. Um no, but I think starting the season Montreal will be in a pretty good spot. Um so not a pretty good spot. I think like they they can begin to offload some stuff because it looks like they finally acknowledge the time for an actual rebuild. Yeah. And I think Jeff Gordon is very good at accumulating assets and, and building up a prospect pool. They're gonna have a very high draft pick. Um, or are they? Hold on. They're going to have well, um,
0: so they might have the first they, overall pick. Like <laughs> they
1: have one of the two. Um, uh, so no, sorry, they might have the first overall pick but they also they also have they also traded away a first round pick for Christian Dvorak. So um so but but um they also have a first round pick from Kokoniemi. So oh. I believe whichever one is higher out of those two picks is going to be sent to Arizona, which I which I which I think that, that again that's an awful awful trade I, and I and I then I thought that the minute they made the trade like they could have had two first round picks this year. Holy and shit. They've won. Because they wanted Christian Dvorak.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. Wait, they don't have their own first this year.
1: No, they it's it's conditional. It's conditional.
0: Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right.
1: It's it's whichever they'll have whichever one is higher. You're right. But, you're right. But like I that that's still like yeah, again, I don't think I I I think uh Christian Dvorak can be a very useful player. But he's not worth a first round pick, at least not in my opinion. Um, no, he's not. And again, this is Mark Bersman doing what he did, doing what he does, where he spent a lot of assets on a play, on an overvalued a player who is not worth it, or is not worth the assets that they are giving away. Yeah. So again, I look at the team, um, man, like even looking at the contracts left on this team. Like there's so many players that are making a lot of money. They're still going to be on the books for a very long time.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. Goodness.
0: They have Hoffman, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven picks in the draft this year. They got three third round picks and two seventh round picks as well. Two fourths. Two fourths as well. Yeah. Um, so I mean, this is a classic rebuild. Like, this is what you do. You stockpile on draft picks, and I, I guess the leadership team or the management team in Montreal finally gets that. So that's good. Happy for no, that. It is
1: good. Yeah, no, like for sure. And again, like, I'm just... I, I, I'm I, just in a mindset, similar to Montreal. Again, if there's players that they want to get rid of, I'm sure someone will take them for proper compensation. But, like, man, like, no one's going to want to take, like, Joel Armia for four more years at 3.4. Like, no one's going to want Josh Anderson at 5.5 and for the next six. Like...
0: Remember when th- the the Leafs tanked and traded away all their their good players, Dion Phaneuf, Phil Kessel, uh, Cody friends I, and I want to do,
2: say
1: to I do. But the, and the again, hear me out. The re like the reason I I view us as being different is because like if they like Phil Kessel was a very good player when they traded him, he was still a very good player. That's true. Um, I think he put up thirty goals, twenty goals, like twenty five to thirty goals in the last season before the Leafs traded him. John Furnough was an unmitigated disaster. Not just try not, not unmitigated disaster, but he was not worth the money he was getting paid. Um but they also I don't think he had that much term left on his contract. Um and I mm-hmm. think that's why they were able to get auto like I think he had like 2 years left when they traded him. They they had the see they had the season that they had him and I think he had one more or I can't remember. But anyways, like my point is like I think the Leafs of 2016 had a lot fewer, like, actual bad contracts to get rid of, which made it a lot more manageable. Whereas I'm looking at the Canadians right now, and I think there's so many contracts on this team where you're like, oh, my dear God. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I don't know how they get rid of all of them or how they, how they start to clear house for the ones they don't want. Like, Christian Dvorak... Four years at four, almost four and a half. That's a lot,
0: man. I was looking at Phil Castle um, again right now. Holy shit, super underrated, man.
1: Uh, such a good player.
0: The such the last a season player. on Toronto, 82 games played. This guy had 25 goals and 36 assists. Yeah. And last player, season man. in Toronto.
1: Love him. Love Phil the thrill. Anyways, I'm. There's no doubt in my mind that Jeff Gordon will figure it out. And I'm probably I'm probably exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating, but I'm probably overlooking how easy it might be for for the Canadians to move some of these contracts. But um, or maybe the situation where they just trade some of them out, trade some of, the, some of the longer term contracts with more money for shorter term with more cap hit, or maybe that maybe that's a solution. I don't know, but um. Jeff Gordon has his work cut out for him right now. Because, again, like, the thing is... And, again, you, you know, last point I'll make is I saw this point being made. The Canadians are... They're, they're not a great team. But on paper, they're a way better team than 23 points in 45 games. Like, the players they have on that roster are, are capable of way more than that.
0: I think so, too. It's just... They've been plagued by horrible decisions. Uh, they've also gotten really unlucky this season. And their coach actually did not help at all, to be honest. When Dom Disharm was hired, and whenever he made decisions that he... Uh, I think it was regarding benching Kakenyemi and Cole Caulfield as well, at times during the playoff run. Like, okay, to this day, I still don't understand how the fuck the Canadians made it all the way to Stanley Cup final despite Dominic Ducharme. (laughs) They did somehow, but he was not a good coach. And I could tell it from the way he was conducting himself with managing the team on the ice. And then after the run, they signed him for three years. (laughs) They signed him for three years. And then they just fired him now. I'm going to spitball some statistics at you. Uh, This firing came at the hands of a 7-1 loss to the New Jersey Devils. The Devils, who are really, really bad. They lost 7-1 to them. EJQs. Um, EJQs, <laughs> yeah. The Habs have allowed in the last five games a franchise record. How many goals? Oh, my God. How, how many games? Five games. How many goals have the Habs allowed? Franchise record. Forty. Well, 33. But no, still really bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, they've lost seven straight. And 13 of their last 14 games. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, man, it's just so sad. It's They're 8, 30, and 7. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> look, look. It's really bad. I understand why Dom Deshawn was fired. Uh, I don't want to shit anymore on the Habs. It is what it is. They'll find their way around. It'll take a few seasons. They'll be back, though, before we know it. Possibly the thing that's kind of sad the, though, possibly after the Leafs won the cup. So, yeah,
1: the thing that's sad though is like, I don't even think it's really Don Bouchard's fault. If that makes sense, it's not. Um, the The thing is, no so bad coach. I don't think he ever. I don't think he ever should have gotten extended. And I think the fact that he led the team to the Stanley Cup final, he didn't let them. But like the fact. I think the fact the team made the Stanley Cup final put a lot of pressure on Bergerman and the front office to extend him. But like, I saw this on Twitter, and I completely forgot about this. I don't think he was there for a good chunk of the Eastern Conference final
0: because I think he had COVID. True. So, like, I mean, anyway, like, I don't know on what decision Mark Bergman decided to extend him. Like, what was the justification behind that?
1: I genuinely think it was based off the playoff run because that like the team, like the team played really well. They overachieved. That that got that, that looked pretty good. They 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 swept the jets, they uh beat the golden knights who I think a lot of people thought were one of the best teams of the Western Conference. And not only did they beat them, but like it felt like they were in control a lot of the time. Um and then we look back at the Leafs series where the Leafs blew a 3 1 lead. No thanks. Um it felt like it felt like Dom Ducharme outcoached Sheldon Keefe. So like <laughs> okay wait I, I know I know, <laughs> I know, I know I know no like
0: I just think the Leafs and I, I say what you want I give no credit to the Montreal Canadiens for beating the Leafs that series. I don't give a shit. Uh, what I don't know says. about that. No man, man, the Leafs got in their own way. The Leafs got in their own way. Okay, Again. yeah.
1: They, they they can get their own way, well, but but the Canadians can still can still can just, the Canadians still deserve credit despite that. Like even though they got in their own got in their own way, the Canadians very well could have, could have just rolled over at any point in that series. Like man, like like the game six the game six the canadians blew a 3-1 lead and they still won an overtime that's a different kind of my 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 point (laughs) is like i agree like i'm someone who's been very hard on that like i like after that season i was i was incredibly upset disappointed but man like like i think the canadians still deserve some credit for coming back and actually winning that series because again like we're not talking about like a like it wasn't like it was one game where it's like oh anyone like anyone could have done that like it's basically a coin flip. They had to win three consecutive games, and I don't like. And while the Leafs did not play well, and while the Le- and while the Leafs choked, I will come out and say it. Matthews and Marner choked, and they didn't have John Tavares, which obviously hurt. But that's I'm not going to use that as an excuse because it's not an excuse because again they were on on paper they had a way better team. Why would you say it? Because. <laughs> I I want to point it out. (laughs) Um, Like, man, like, one thing I will say, though, man, that bad man, Carey Price, ain't around anymore. And I think he's starting to show what, like, I think there are a lot of Canadians fans complaining about uh, Carey Price and how he's not good enough. I think there's a lot of fans right now who wish they had him back.
0: And there's a good chance. Carey price does not play again in the NHL.
1: I don't know about that, man. Dude, I, like, did, did you see the news recently?
0: It was a, basically, uh, he had another setback and he's back to health wise. He's back to what he was before the beginning of the season. Interesting. Like physical health wise. Okay.
1: I didn't know that. Um, so it is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, you look, should... I guess, I guess here's my thought. Um, Mental health is a very delicate topic. It's something that not mental um, health related. This
0: is just physical health.
1: Oh, physical. Yeah. Oh shoot. Okay, hold on, give me a second Yeah, I
0: think like mental health related. He went through the players' assistance uh, program and he yeah yeah he did that. This is I think yeah I I, I, I thought
1: you meant okay, I I thought you meant it was a mental health setback. It it, it it was a knee setback or leg setback. Yeah. Man, I'm not too worried. Um, like, I don't know how old Carrie Price is. Old man. Um, He's like
0: 35. If I'm not mistaken. Let me check. Uh, oh, can you check? Okay, I'm doing
1: it right now. Carrie, I is 34 and he's turning okay. 35 in August. Okay, this is pretty old. Okay, so that, that's underrated. Um, okay, maybe so. Maybe like again, we did just see Tuka Ras retire. Um, yeah, hats off to you, Um, yes, leaf grade. Um, but okay, I, I I, did, I, I genuinely did not know that, so that's kind of interesting. So maybe you're right, but like. Even if he doesn't, man, like if Kerry Price retires, like if his last game was game seven against oh, ten, okay, no, game five, yeah, five was it game five against Tampa Bay? That that'll be one hell of a, uh, yeah, last game where he basically carry he basically carried them to the Cup final, but like, um,
0: he's played a long happen. time, he's played a long, long time
1: he was in the same draft as Tuka Rask actually. It was kind of, which is kind of funny. Um, 2005, yeah. um, Sidney Crosby, uh, Sidney Crosby draft, Bobby Ryan draft, but yeah, like um, oh, draft. I hope he plays again. Um, Cause I think he's probably the, the best goaltender of this decade. I don't really think that's up for debate. Um, he's been the best, probably been the best goalie of the decade. Um, and it would be kind of shitty just to kind of, see him play his last game without knowing it'd be his last game. But that's also incredibly selfish on my part. Um, but um, I hope he comes back. But again, I didn't gonna, realize how old he was.
0: I'm going to say something positive here. So mm-hmm. new head coach coming in for the Montreal Canadiens, Martin St-Louis. Yeah, let's go. I think
1: that's a great, I think that's a really good hire. I think that's a very good hire.
0: <laughs> uh, coaching wise, I'm not sure at all how good Martin St-Louis is. Like we know, player wise, mm-hmm. he was phenomenal Hall of Famer. Yep. Um, some stats here that I have he's 46 right now, but he had 391 goals, 642 assists for 10- 1,033 points in 1,134 games across the Flames, the Lightning, and the New York Rangers. He won a Stanley Cup mm-hmm. with the Lightning in 04. 04, yep. And then he was inducted in, in 18. So his only oh, NHL yeah. experience outside of uh, playing was a special teams consulting position with the Blue Jackets in 1819. So this would be his first Blue Jackets. I don't know. I, it's the first time I've heard of it. Yeah. That. yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but this would be his first uh, legit coaching experience, um, other than being head coach of the Mid Fairfield Rangers under 13s AAA in Connecticut during this season. Exactly. <laughs> okay. True. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I'll be interested to see how this plays out. Obviously, French-Canadian guy. uh, I think he's very popular. He he was very popular amongst the Lightning fans. Um, Montreal-Canadian fans might hate him, considering he basically victimized them on, I think it was Game 6 or Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals a couple years ago. But, um, yeah. In a, in, a, in a market where they value having a French-Canadian coach so much, I think this is probably one of the best routes I could have gone. Um, now, maybe I'm wrong, because, again, I also view that they should just hire the best person available. But, again, I understand it's a very cultural thing out in Quebec and Montreal, so I'm not going to touch on that. Um, and Vinny the Calvier also got a job with a Canadian today, which that was kind of cool. Oh, um, I didn't see that. Yeah, he got a front office job um give me one second
0: that's crazy Vincent
1: Cavalier um yeah he's he got an assistant GM job with the Montreal Canadiens oh wow um so Vinny good job I've always thought that uh one or both of them would have been a nice fit to the organization considering they're both French Canadian um but yeah I don't know um that's
0: that's cool. That's really, all I, I mean, in, in injecting be, some like, Stanley Cup pedigree into the Canadian's locker room or the management is not a bad idea at all. Good job. yeah.
1: Like, I'll be also interested to see how this plays out. Because again, I don't know. I have no reason to think this. Um, I just think it's. Oh, sorry. Like, I just think of Martin St. Louis. Put like he was a like a very well known playmaker. He was someone like to pass the puck. He would off like towards the end of his career, he would. Basically, Steven Stamkos's wingman, where he would just set Steven Stamkos up on that the uh, left faceoff dot. And I wonder, because a lot of those guys who make plays or play, uh, pass the puck like to set up players, see the ice very, very well. So I wonder if that vision and if that ability to kind of see the ice well would will make it so that he's he can actually generate a really good a, a better system for the Canadians I don't know I, I just I don't, I don't know if that's a theory but like I don't know I'll be interested to see how Martin Sandy does for sure because again I genuinely don't think I don't think this Montreal Canadian season could have gone any worse yeah you're right like people like people said they, their playoffs was lucky it looks like they're like they basically came by, like way like way back down not just to earth but like past the earth they're like in the earth's core right now they're in the like they're in the fire
0: yeah i read somewhere that they've had more players put on a covid protocol list this season than any other team in the nhl interesting i didn't know that that's interesting so they've been dealt an unfair hand anyway we'll see what happens i'm gonna quickly read you some quick last tidbits of news before we wrap mm. um and this is just gonna be super duper fire brad marshans has spent six games for roughing uh we're not going to get into this too much but it is what it is he is getting six games now because he's been a repeat offender so weird like he, he's been he's done so many weird shitty things over the last decade yeah. but this is the first time yep. he's considered a repeat offender whatever yeah. Yeah. tuca rask yeah. retiring after 15 seasons we talked about this thank you Go. Yeah. Yeah. yep one of the best Actually, goalies no. in the nhl <laughs>
1: No, not thank you, to you cruel, not, you, crushed thank, you Tuka. thank you, Tuca.
0: thank you, Tuca, for no. your services to the league <laughs> not no no, I hey, take man. back I
1: take back my thank
0: you game respects game, although i don't want to have game.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, no. um,
0: and then Austin Matthews actually will return tonight against the flames, thank God thank okay, God. question flames. of the day before we wrap, yeah. So far, there have been five NHL head coaches fired this season alone. You got Dom Descharmes, you got Dave Tippett. Oh, hold on. I have the rest over here.
1: Travis um, Green,
0: Alan Vigneault, Travis Green, and Jeremy Colton. Uh, that's not including the uh, Paul Maurice resigning. Okay. Do you think that number, it's five right now, do you think it will hit eight by the end of the season? I'm including very end of the season before the free agent frenzy period begins
1: eight Ooh, that's a tough one i'm gonna say no because i can't see th- i don't really see three teams that i haven't already fired their coach getting fired um maybe dj smith that's six um buffalo i can't see chicago no way winnipeg which is dave lowry Who's that Coyote's said coach? Did they, did they fire someone recently? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say no. I'll keep it short.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say no as well. I think the coaches that were supposed to be fired this season have been fired now.
1: Um. Also, one more thing. Um, did you see something at 354 today regarding our favorite Arizona team? Huh? No, I did not. Why? The Coyotes to play at ASU's Multipurpose Arena next season. They officially signed it. Uh, <laughs> so hold on, just to give a little more information here. The Coyotes will play all their home games at this venue from 2022 20, to 23 through 24 to 25 NHL season. Shit. An additional option for the 2025-2026 season. Gary, um, Mr.
0: Batman, I don't know what models you have where the coyotes are actually predicting a profit, but no, no, they won't. Hold
1: on, hold on. That's like even funnier. Hold on. Um so like the, the coyotes posted this posted that on Twitter, and I get it again. Um, again, they wanna they want we we have an arena for now. Woo! Like kind of not really, because it's for Arizona State University. And the first tweet under it is from the Arizona Coyotes. And it says, sign up first to know about next season's tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and the, then the things that follow underneath are freaking hilarious. Oh, my God. Say one thing. Say one of them. Me and 17 of my professional clown colleagues will be arriving at the rink in the same car. Will there be enough season tickets available for all of us to watch the games? Thank you in advance. <laughs> ASU students may be in attendance in banana suits and probably invoke the curtain of distraction at Coyote's games. Oh man, all six, all six people will have to fight in fight in hell in a cell match. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I think he meant cage match, but um, yeah.
0: Do your Anyways. outro. Do your famous outro. World renowned.
1: <laughs> uh, hello everyone. Um, thanks again for listening. I guess it's not really much of an outro, but thanks for listening follow our socials uh twitter instagram TikTok, uh and subscribe on spotify and all other platforms can be found in our link tree in our bio on social on our socials
2: peace